Welcome to another episode of uh, Orange, Black, and Beyond, where we discuss Oregon State University sports with the biggest part of our focus on sports that don't get all the attention given to men's basketball and football. Well, we talk about those sports, of course, but we like to spotlight the other sports. Uh, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996, women's basketball season ticket holder and big fan. Uh, my co-host is Pete, OSU class of 1993 and a big fan of baseball. That is, I am. Of course, much like yourself, be a general fan of OSU sports. And during the football season, you and I are both long-suffering Beavers fans, so we're Beaver. going to, we don't panic or get upset when the sky, I think the sky is falling if they end up going five and seven. But, you know, having said that, we might as well look at the football game from uh, yesterday. Last week, of course, they had a big win over Utah, and then yesterday, they just couldn't capitalize on any opportunities, and they managed to roll out the red carpet for Cal to beat them. And uh, that started with the fact that they fumbled on their very first offensive play. Was it fumble or was it like that defend? I give credit to the defender on that first play. Like he sh- he got yeah. in there and stripped it. That's true. Uh, but either way, they had they had some ball security yeah. issues yesterday, sure. which uh, came back to haunt them. A few comebacks, then they kept putting themselves in a position to maybe come back and take the lead. But um, they just never quite got off the ground, and they kept finding themselves in this tangled web of turnovers and penalties. And those are the kinds of things that uh, the uh, great Daryl Ani, when he was doing the radio games, uh, he would say, you just can't do that mm. and expect to win a football game. And, and they, they did not. That's why they ended up losing 39-25 yesterday. Pretty tough to watch. Uh, I guess you got to catch the end, you were saying. Yeah, I caught some of it. I mean, again, like you said, ball security. Uh, and, and again, to be fair, like some of the previous games where they won, there were some close moments there like that. And then they got things to kind of break their way, like against Utah, right? They had a right. couple of turnovers, but then, you know, they came back and made things break yeah. their way. And Utah is a very good team, and they yeah. uh, managed to come back on them. And if the Beavers are going to become bowl eligible, they got to win at least one of the last four. And there's no, there's no off weeks. I mean, we, we, you know, we, it's a recording. We say it about the Pac-12 in virtually every sport. Uh, but you know, it's a yeah, it's a tough place to play. Yeah, Cal is Cal's not a great football team, obviously, but they've been improving slowly but surely, and they're defensively very stout. And then yesterday, of course, uh, the Beavers have struggled the last few years with running quarterbacks mm-hmm. and uh, Gerbers is a running quarterback and he picked up a lot of those third and nine type things. And uh, Beavers went, I think uh, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but Cal was still getting those first downs on the third and seven, the third and nine. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, the Beavers yeah. are often in a tough spot. So yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, if the team that showed up to beat USC and beat Utah and, and run amok on Hawaii and Idaho, if that team shows up, uh, they'll they'll get their next win that they need to become bowl eligible. If the team that showed up yesterday, however, uh, shows up for four consecutive, then they go 0-4 and have another losing season. So it's a, it's a bumpy ride, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of how it goes. And they just need to yep. get six to get bowl eligible and not have a losing season. And, uh, right. you know, I, I, I think they'll get that win at, at Colorado, but it's tough. It's going to be really tough 
to get to seven, um, what that would be the seventh win, you know, would be the first winning season in, in eight years. I think it's going to be tough to get to seven because, again, the Pac-12 oh, yeah. is tough to play. All the teams are pretty yeah. equal. Um, yeah. and, and then we forget, like, this is a rebuilding program. This is the right. first year they're starting to find some success. And then, you know, they they have a good early part of the season. And then we're all sitting there expecting, oh, they're going to start to run three teams. And yeah, and remember that he, this is a process for them. So It is. It's a, And when we've seen it, you know, of course, in our lifetimes before mm-hmm. where uh, when uh, it was about Coach Riley, it's hard to think that Coach Riley was three coaches ago, but um, – right. You know, when he first took over, right in your senior year, I think it was, uh, he had to build slow but sure, and and then uh, and then Erickson took him over the top with the kind of talent that he brought in, and then um, Riley, you know, it was frustrating sometimes during the Riley era and uh, during the the Smith era. There will be moments where it's frustrating, but uh, I think that they've got things on the a really good path. You know, right. going to, they're there. They're there every game, right? It's not like like, right. like like you talked about when we were there. It was like twenty eight. It was is the record twenty eight losing. See, I always get confused. Yeah, twenty eight consecutive 20. losing seasons. Yeah, so, so the we, first I mean, twenty eight years of my life on this earth. So yeah, so I mean, we were there for those years, and like we knew, <laughs> like we go to the games knowing that we had no. Yeah, no chance. And right? now, now they've got at least a puncher's chance, even against the. Uh, the top teams like that right. outfit down the road and, and, right. uh, you know, against USC on the road, they won, right. um, you know, and Colorado is not good. And if the Beavers played the kind of football of which they're capable, they should be able to beat Colorado pretty handily. But as we saw yesterday, but, yeah, I mean, that, that is the kind of the frustrating part of the Riley era, especially later in the years, like they would play, they had this great potential, to rise to beat these really great teams, but then they would play at the level of whatever their opponent was doing right. to give us a nerve-wracking game. And yeah, and I think that's been kind of the encouraging thing about the team this year. If they come out and they're on, they play at the level that they want to play at. Yeah, you know, exactly. Just go out and play, and then they, it doesn't matter what the other team's doing. And so um, I think that's what's encouraging about it, if they can just – just yesterday, I think they just had a tough time making all that stuff come together. So, yeah, it did. It did. Uh, did not end up as a very complete game, but uh, right. you know they um, they can still get to a bowl and they can still get a winning season. It's just that uh, you know next week's Colorado, then you got the smart kids, then you've got the Sun Devils, and then you've got uh, the the outfit down the road. So, you know those last three are uh, are uh, are uh, <laughs> a really tough one. So. You'd like to see him get that uh, sixth win next week and 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 lock up the uh, bowl game eligibility at least. Right, right. Go to the Idaho famous Potatoes Bowl or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know anymore, so we'll see. Uh, so let's get away from uh, football a little bit, um, and let's uh, go to rowing and see what the rowing team's been up to. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the men's teams opened up their fall season a week ago at the head of the Charles Regatta, finishing a very respectable ninth in a 13-team field in Cambridge, Mass. Um, And the women's team stayed in the Northwest to get their season going in Spokane, uh, finishing first with one of their varsity eight boats and fourth with one of their varsity four boats. 
the women's team is ranked number 18 overall nationally, which is great. So, um, you know, best with, you know, looks like they're going to have a great season. Uh, speaking of national ratings, uh, let's talk about soccer, some big news in soccer. Yeah. Men's team has been really rolling. Uh, last week, they went into action ranked number uh, three in the country, and their RPI ranking was number one. They beat Washington, who was number one in the country last year, yep. uh, last week. 3-2 thriller on the 22nd. Yep. Uh, that game, had uh, it was tied for a big chunk of the second half. And, you know, soccer, they can always end in a tie. But um, the 86th minute, um, they scored on a penalty kick, and that was enough for the win. Uh, that moved them up to number three in the country. They came into that game number eight, and then now they've got that number one RPI ranking, too. They they didn't let it go to their heads, which is the good news, because they welcomed uh, the kids from Stanford on Thursday and beat them 1-0. And, and uh, I did watch this interview on online with uh, Coach Terry Boss and uh, the junior midfielder, Sofian Jafal. And just like on the teams that have had the most success, I mean, it's a recurring theme, mm-hmm. like, with the women's basketball and baseball. And also, you know, to an extent, they talk about it in football. And and Coach Smith was uh, saying that he has a, real, a lot of admiration for Coach Boss because of this. The culture is about um, being a family, having a culture of togetherness and, and that kind of thing. It seems to be working for the soccer yep. team. Uh, they now find themselves ranked number three in the country, 10, one, and two ties overall, uh, five, oh, and one in the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, this is a recording, but uh, the Pac-12 is, of course, a grind. And the women's team's going through their tough part of the schedule right now, actually. So yes. uh, yeah, they started yeah. off hot, and, but now they're uh, getting right in the Pac-12. Yeah, so they hit a, they're hitting a bit of a rough, rough patch in the Pac-12, right? Um, then a non-conference season, which they started 6-0. and um, But now, again, you know, six and, you know, going into the Pac-12, it's the toughest women's soccer conference in the country. Uh, earlier this year, they beat Stanford on the road for the first time ever. Right now, they're mired in a th- three-game losing skid, dropping matches to Colorado, Utah, and Washington. But uh, three and five in the conference, 11-5 overall. Um, the, the soccer season's right in the middle of the conference play, so it's right in the thick of it. Um, so we'll see where they go. Um, women's cross country is kind of off is onto the desert for their season. Oh, well, they are. They've got, uh, they're actually had a really good year, a good fall season, um, continued outstanding running in particular by Grace uh, Featherston Hoff and also Kaylee Mitchell, uh, two very steady redshirt sophomore runners. So they're going to be around for a couple more years, which is great. At the Pac-12 championships, the Beavers did finish uh, sixth as a team, um, which is a very respectable finish considering the nature of this conference and the youth of the program itself. I mean, they're, they're two top runners. You're both Richard sophomores. Uh, Mitchell made first team all conference, uh, finishing sixth place overall. And Featherston Ha made a all conference second team taking 14th place. And so that was a, a good bit of running out there in Salt Lake city for them. All right. Great. Great. Uh, so going to indoor sports now. So volleyball, you know, again, it's, we, t- we, see, we always say Pac-12 is tough, but it is yeah. brutally tough for volleyball in the Pac-12. Um, still haven't picked up their, still have not picked up their second win in conference play, uh, but they're playing hard, hanging in there. Um, notable bright spot is senior Grace Macy became the program's all-time leader in digs, which is in this conference, uh, they're 
plenty of opportunities to get those. So no doubt she'll put some distance between herself and second place. Um, still indoors, there's uh, any gymnastics news besides uh, gold medalists on the team. We don't like to plug that off oh, enough, oh, I think. <laughs> yeah, Jade Carey on the team is definitely a highlight, but uh, biggest news in g- gymnastics came last week. They did go ahead and announce their season schedule. They're going to be on TV four times. They have uh, five uh, home meets in Gill Coliseum, starting with a four-team meet coming up uh, against Boise State, San Jose State, and a team that gave them a good one last year, um, Washington, uh, the Pac-12 conference foe. Then they have uh, do the big one. <laughs> the big one is going to be on television. It's going to be on the Pac-12 network, I believe, is uh, they're going to go up against UCLA on January 23rd and get your popcorn ready for that. Cause that's, that's always a good one. Yeah, absolutely. UCLA is always great to watch and it's either popcorn, pork rinds or chips or whatever, it what, whatever's appropriate or your diet allows nowadays. Cause everybody's always on a fancy diet. That's true. Um, another indoor sport getting underway is wrestling. Uh, Beavers again, always have a strong wrestling program, ranked number 24 in preseason polling um, after their second place finish in the conference last year. So, um, they had an inner inner squad orange and black meet last night. Team Black won twenty eight nine. Uh, they did have a bit of an you know advantage with Devin Turner at one thirty three and Grant Willits at one forty one one forty one, both nationally ranked or yes. at least where Devin Turner is. Uh, JJ Dixon continues to settle in at one ninety seven as well, uh, winning that one for Team Black. Um, so the season officially gets underway next Saturday as the as the Beavers will welcome Campbell College and Lehigh University at Bill Coliseum. Yeah, Coach Pendleton's building up something yeah. nice there. It's going to be really a good season. A men's basketball program announced their schedule, too. Uh, they get their non-conference competition going, coming up on Thursday against uh, St. Martin's on November 4th. Um, on the strength of their Elite Eight finish last year, and then, of course, the returners to the squad, uh, the the pundits have gone ahead and picked the Beavers to finish fourth in the conference mm-hmm. this year. We'll see how Coach Tinkle can use that, how they handle success. Uh, last year, all the prognosticators picked the Beavers to finish dead last, yep. and instead they won the conference tournament, and then they went on to the Elite Eight. Also, uh, Jared Lucas, the sharpshooter, was voted uh, second team all-conference preseason, and Maury uh, Talatiche was uh, voted First team all conference preseason. That guy is such a ridiculous athlete. I love watching yeah. him. Uh, not the preseason rankings ever mean anything, of course, because last year, you know, hey, well, they're going to finish last. But the hope is they'll uh, take what they did last year and, and build on it with returning players and, and mix in the new guys and maybe become a national power again, like they haven't since the days of Gary Payton. You know, and that's one thing Coach Tinkle has done a, just a great job, kind of under the radar. But, you know, they've had however, what, uh, two or three winning seasons in in the last 30 years. And both of them have come with Coach Wayne Tinkle. So um, yep. <laughs> the the guy is uh, secretly yeah. building a good little program here. And, um, and if I could say, I think that's the important part, right? Like they're doing it's like it's similar. Like you mentioned the women's like it's similar to the women's program and that he's doing it under the radar before anybody kind of really knows. And so it's their opportunity to really go after it. Um, and I will note, I believe, I have to go back and look this up, but I believe the year that the women's team 
went to the final four, they were picked fourth in the Pac-12. They oh. won the title. I think it was like that, where they were picked. They were not picked to do well in the Pac-12, and then they just ended up destroying everybody. So to your point, it, it does get used as motivation, hopefully. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, Coach Tinkle um, is just uh, he's instilling that, that. Again, it's about culture. Right. When you're at a school like OSU, where you don't have all the money in the world um, for any of the big sports or any of the less big sports, um, it requires a, a whole bunch of, um, you know, dedication and togetherness. And the other thing is, too, now with the players, with the uh, uh, name, image, and likeness possibilities and things like that, you know, um, who knows what they, they can do. I mean, last year, if that would have been in place, uh, Ethan uh, Thompson probably could have made a fortune just on his hair, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, he's we'll the Chicago Bulls, although uh, uh, um, he's in their D League team this year. But uh, anywho, uh, how about women's basketball? Because um, I know they got to be getting it underway too. Yeah, so they're going to get underway uh, this week at Gill against Western Washington, 1 p.m. I can't wait to be there. I've got my tickets. I'm ready to go down there. Uh, preseason ranked number 14. Um, and so as usual, those AP rankings are a little bit, uh, off, I think like the PAC 12 always doesn't, to my, in my opinion, get the, um, respect it deserves like Stanford's number three, of course, you know, they're the returning national champs. Um, but, and I think they lost one player and they're ranked number three. <laughs> so you're kind of like, like not, no doubt UConn's going to have a great team. And so is South Carolina, but you're kind of like, okay, I sort of, Maybe like that top one through four is always kind of a mix. Oregon's ranked number 12. Um, as I said, the Beavers are ranked 14th. But then UCLA is at 20, which yeah, maybe. Um, and then Arizona, uh, you know, the, the, the quote unquote, yeah, yeah, the final four, quote unquote, Cinderella team from last year, they're ranked at 22, which I think is crazy. Um so I think they're, the Pac-12 will show up and climb up the ranks and, and show everybody else what's what uh, yeah. here in the preseason. We'll see what happens here. I mean, the last time I looked it up, uh, the Stanford still has a Hall of Fame coach, and uh, yeah. they returned almost all of their whole team from last year, which won the whole thing. It is kind of funny that they'd only be ranked third. but uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, pre again, preseason is, is not, you know, yeah, I, yeah, there is something to the way media ranks things, you know, and, and again, I can always go back to Michaela Pivik, th those years where she should have been up as a player ranked more, and right. she just wasn't, so, you know, those things kind of get me kind of angered or wound up. Yeah. So, so again, uh, this Saturday, be there if you can, Gil, Gil this will be the first time when I think Gil will be filled, and it's going to probably go crazy. But That's been, uh, well, yeah, last year. Uh, even for the the tournament, you didn't get the opportunity to go because of the whole COVID situation. So, um, worth noting, uh, of course, that uh, it is fall. So um, that means you know baseball is wrapping up at the uh, the highest level, the major leagues, and um, no Beavers in the World Series this year. Uh, but they did have a guy in the the postseason, Drew Rasmussen, and his Tampa Bay Rays had to go at it before being bounced out of the playoffs. Some other Beavers playing pro ball. I wanted to check in on that because they did have um, the fall baseball season for the Beavs. Uh, they played down in Medford a few games. Um, 
and it got me thinking about the guys that are in the pros the uh, from last year and the years before. Uh, Kevin Abel, of course, still battling from coming back from the Tommy John surgery uh, that he had while here. Uh, he had a short season in the Arizona League with the Reds rookie league team. He only pitched in three games, no decisions, and uh, six strikeouts over a total of four innings. They're, of course, still kind of He's on a pitch count and lots of things like that for, you know, that arm of his because they want it to be healthy. Uh, Matthew Boyd was the starter for the Detroit Tigers. He was kind of their ace, if you will. I mean, it's Detroit, but um, he got 15 starts and went three and eight with a 3.89 ERA. But, you know, what do you want from the guys? The Detroit Tigers, they've had a bad decade, uh, <laughs> you know, ever since Jim Leland retired. It's just been not they haven't been very good. Now, yeah. A ton of other guys who saw lots of action in the minors and don't want to go into all of it or, or we'd be here all day, um, which is great. I mean, it's awesome right. that there's that many Beavers playing pro ball. Uh, but I do want to focus on a couple in particular because they were cogs in the uh, 2018 championship team. Stephen Kwan, the center fielder, uh, 2018 national champion, he had a really good season. Uh, he made this uh, jump from the AA Akron Rubber Ducks uh, to the AAA Columbus Clippers and the uh, Cleveland Guardians as an organization. And I don't know if you've watched too much Major League Baseball this year or the last couple of years, but Cleveland's outfield have been really light hitting. And uh, <laughs> I mean light hitting. And uh, so it's nice that uh, Kwani's hitting. <laughs> He's starting to hit the ball. So I would not be surprised to see him. Uh, make a, a run at making the big club next year. He hit 323 this year, 12 bombs, and uh, between Akron and Columbus. So I think he has a really good shot at making the Cleveland Guardians out of spring training next season because uh, he does have an extra season now also in his time of service, which is this. I don't want to go into that too much, but it's a tool that clubs use to keep their players longer and pay them less, basically. Going to be a big bone of contention at the next labor negotiations. Uh, Nick Madrigal, the star of the 2018 team, along with uh, Adley Rutschman, he won the starting job at second base for the White Sox and got off to a good start. He was hitting 303, but unfortunately for Nick, he's had a couple seasons where this happened. He had another season-ending injury, and he was traded to the Cubs, uh, so at least he didn't have to rent a different apartment mm -hmm. again. Um, Adley Rutschman, this guy, this guy, uh, one of the best players in minor league baseball, uh, would have been called up already, probably, if not for the time of service, you know, clauses the Orioles are going to use to manipulate uh, that. But Adley's just a dynamite player, 285 average. Uh, his uh, on-base percentage was well over 400, which is awesome. 22 bombs for him, and he was named the top prospect in all of minor league baseball. So it's something to look forward to, and speaking of look forward, we might as well yeah. look at the, the, the rest of the stuff coming up. Yeah, lots of stuff again coming up with the like the school year getting going essentially, right? Uh, yeah. Cross country has a regional coming up in Sacramento, November twelfth, which is the same time as men's golf will be wrapping up their fall season at St. Mary's in California. The women's golf team is wrapping up theirs in Hawaii. That must be rough. Yeah, it's uh, up sledding there. Yeah, so um, men's rowing is competing at the Portland Fall Classic. The women's rowing team hosts the Orange and Black Regatta on November 13th. Uh, men's basketball starts up on Thursday, as we mentioned, and women's basketball starts up on uh, 
on Saturday. So, you know, again, great to get yeah. those programs going. Absolutely. Um, and of course, football is in the, the teeth of this thing. We both American and, and uh, every other else in the world's football, the American football team. <laughs> Got, uh, they're playing Colorado on Saturday. Hope they can play a complete game just once, you know, like they did against USC uh-huh. and Utah. Not dive into, uh, you know, what drives us all nuts and, and inconsistency and stupid mistakes, uh-huh. which happens over the course of a season. Even good teams have a dud, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm calm. I'm calm. Ah, in through the nose, out yeah. through the mouth. Any hoodles. Let's, uh, let's, men's soccer has their game uh, later today against Cal, so maybe one kind of football team can beat Cal this weekend. And yeah. the women's team is hosting the Washington State Cougars at noon, so uh, maybe they get back on track for them. Yeah, knock on wood. So, you know, I guess that buzz, about does it for this episode of Orange, Black, and Beyond. Um, we'll check in in a few weeks. Uh, when some of the winter sports have started, uh, we'll have an idea of where the football team's going. Um, hopefully, they get that win and go to the, get get a chance to go to the bowl. Um, so again, hopefully, fingers crossed against Colorado. There, uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Go Beavs! Go Beavs!